0: Hey folks, host and game leader Jess here. I just wanted to take a moment to thank you all for listening to More Light like Guidelines during these essential early weeks. Seeing people chat about the show on Twitter has been genuinely wild. So, to go along with this, we've decided to run a tiny little promo campaign. Mostly because it seems fun. So, until the 1st of November 2020, we'll be keeping an eye on hashtag GuidelinesPod on Twitter and picking some of our favourite posts that share the show, as well as some selected at random, to win some trinkets. Things like badges, loose dice, stuff along those lines. Maybe little bigger things, who knows? This is just for fun. The prizes themselves will be randomly chosen, and will have basically no monetary value. I just kind of hoard things like a magpie, and some of you might enjoy some of them. I really hope you enjoyed the episode. It is... Our first bonus episode. This one is me and Candle discussing where Biocore and the More Like Guidelines podcast started from, where it's going, and yeah, how you can join in along the way. All right, thanks very much. Hello and welcome to the More Like Guidelines podcast. We're an actual play and game design podcast. Today, we want to be looking a little more at the latter. I am Jessica Crimes, your host and game leader, normally. And today, I am joined by the monarch of Florida. It's Candle.
1: Yeah, I am the certified monarch of Florida, I guess, now. That is that is an correct. elected position?
0: I think it's more one you seize.
1: Alright, then uh, I guess I have some work to do.
0: Yeah, oh, and just at the top of every episode, again, I'm Jess, my pronouns are she, her, Candle.
1: Oh yeah, I'm Candle, my pronouns are they, them.
0: Yeah, we are on the ball today, doing our jobs.
1: <laughs> this um, is totally our first take.
0: This is totally our first take. So, what me and Candle are going to be doing today is just having a relatively brief discussion about tabletop game design in general, but mostly about the BioCore system, where it is now and where I am planning to take it. The BioCore campaign, again, how it started out and where we're hoping it's going to go. And then we'll go into a little bit more detail about how the show is going to evolve and develop and some of the other things that Dot Hurtbirds might be doing very, very soon that will be interesting to you. Candle, can't you tell me about your general level of experience with tabletop role-playing games? It's like Uno, but for big kids. <laughs>
1: Uno uh, but for big kids. I'm in a yeah. really
0: weird headspace today.
1: <laughs> it's okay, me too. Um, no, I uh I, my first D&D experience, my first tabletop gaming experience, was with Dungeons & Dragons, I think when I was, like, 11. Oh, wow. um, And I, I learned what it was, and then immediately set about being as annoying as possible to some poor teenager who came over to run a game. But um, since then, I've done a few games. I've DM'd a couple of games, and uh, not nearly as much as I want to. And this is the first sort of real, uh, I guess, content That I've been involved with as far as game design goes. Is this content? If we have one listener, it's content.
0: True. And I will say, as we are recording this, the first episode just came out a couple of days ago, and we have been blown away by how nice people are being.
1: Yeah, people are being very nice. Like, I don't know what the official tally is right now, but I think I've seen like 18 or 19 people who have voted on the nastiest nickname for my character. So that's fun. There was
0: a clear winner, <laughs> Disco Twink, which I'm very Dis- proud of.
1: Uh, yeah, Disco Twink was you, right? That You came up with that one. That
0: very much sounds like a Jessism.
1: Yeah, it does. And and fittingly, Askew's actual name was the bottom ranking on the poll, so... I guess that is
0: genuinely fitting to the character, though.
1: Yep. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Um, I haven't really done any actual game design before. I've sort of dabbled in... I, I mean, I've had plenty of conversations with, with you, Jess, about you know the, the various projects that you want to drag me into that I've mostly gone into willingly.
0: Some more practical um, than others.
1: Some more practical than others, yeah, but... Um, for the most part, you know, I I've been following your lead and I've actually learned a lot from you about it. So uh
0: Oh thank you so much. I got into role playing games when I was about fifteen, actually playing them, but from the age of fourteen I was listening to a very long running actual player podcast that's just recently ended. But yeah, I would have been about fifteen when I ran my first game. It was D and D four E. And then it never really went anywhere, none of my friends were that interested, but I got really into it at uni. But I was still just Dungeons and Dragons and Pathfinder i didn't get properly into other more interesting games until god yeah like my last year of uni which wasn't my third year i am a dropout (laughs) (laughs) i'm kind of proud of it yeah you um, know what
1: that's valid i have a degree in something and i couldn't really tell you what i majored in in college if you asked me so it works
0: it's fair enough i can distinctly remember i was there for cosmology which is not helpful to this space so how would you say your impression of what a role playing game is or should be or needs to be has changed since you first started playing them because I want to talk a bit about what we like in games and I think this is a good
1: Right. Right. So um you mentioning playing in uni has reminded me of my like first real role playing game experience which was uh D&D I think it was 5e um oh, it was either right, 5e or 4e um it was this was back in like 20 15 26 no
0: 2014 halcyon dazed
1: yeah right um and I I played a uh your very typical like sexy bard
0: um, oh yeah my
1: chosen character yeah yeah and um I remember like the most sort of harrowing session of that game was uh he had fallen into a lake and someone was dragging him down trying to drown him and I remember it came down to a series of rolls, uh, where I had to get above a certain number or he would die. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was making death rolls. And, um, I remember like it was harrowing. It was absolutely, you know, it was very engaging. But, uh, one of the things that struck me the most about, um, the sort of the, the, the D20, one of the things that struck me the most about the D20 system, it was like this really like tense like, will I drown and die? Is this the end of my beloved character situation um that I still like tell people about to this day because like it had such an impact on me, and I love that it came down to uh you know these these one way or the other true or false dice rolls um deciding like the fate of my character essentially uh so I did love that I did love that, but like the more I became familiar with the the whole d twenty system um that's kind of what I associated role-playing games with was like the D20 specifically um, oh, absolutely. I associated like with the fantasy setting again was a big one. Um, like, uh, I didn't realize that you could have a role-playing game that didn't involve like elves, dwarves, dungeons, and, or dragons. Um, I thought that was the only thing there was because I wasn't like, I, I wasn't exposed really to the role-playing game, quote unquote community. um, until much much later
0: okay yeah so i think i followed a similar trajectory of being like this is what well dungeons and dragons is what role-playing games are yeah i've tried to exercise that from my design philosophy as much as possible though to be honest because well
1: yeah i so like dungeons and dragons i didn't even really um internalize it as a game like the first the first time I heard of it and I'm, I'm sorry I'm kind of going off on multiple tangents here you can just use whatever's best <laughs> um was I like I ran into like a starter set in Barnes and Noble back when I was like eight years old oh, and my like babysitter at box. the time yeah yeah I'm actually I'm staring at one right now that, that Goji got me for my birthday a couple of years ago it's just kind of sitting on my entertainment system gathering dust a little bit sorry Goji mm-hmm. um it, right above a, an Arkham Horror um box set But, uh, yeah, I, I I found a starter set in Barnes and Noble and my babysitter at the time was like, no, don't touch that.
0: Oh my God. Yeah.
1: Yeah, No, she, she was 100% convinced that like board games, like RPGs specifically were evil. They were addictive that, uh, like they were, you know, uh, pathways to hell. Um, all, all of that, uh, yeah, that's that's what I associated with, with Dungeons and & Dragons, and to me Dungeons & Dragons was the only RPG there was.
0: I think it is fair to note as well that we are aware of the wider problems with Wizards of the Coast and Dungeons and & Dragons. We're just yeah. looking mechanically critiquing, well not even critiquing, chatting about mechanics today mostly, but we are aware of the bullshit that the, yeah. the Course break yeah. yeah okay i don't really have much of a plan for the episode let's so what do we want to chat about and then we can go on to the proper things
1: Ugh, well okay um
0: do you have anything you'd like to
1: why did you want to start designing rpgs what was was there a specific moment or or did you how, how did that happen
0: it's the combination for me i never realized it was something that i'd be interested in I thought it was quite the opposite of what I'd be interested in, because when I was first getting into RPGs, I was very much on the academic science track. Mm-hmm. Very much thought that was the direction I was going. And I thought, yeah, nerds play D&D. I'm a nerd. Mm-hmm. I'll play some D&D. Never thought about actually making games. Right. But I was working a really, really boring office job, which left me with an incredible amount of time to write. Mm-hmm. And I started originally with, you know, Twine?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I started making some daft little things in Twine, inspired by stuff like Fallen London. And eventually it just kind of morphed into... The document I was using to plan those games ended up being more interesting than the actual games to me.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: And they eventually just became some of my earliest attempts at RPG systems. It was when I became familiar with Grant Howitt's work, though, that... I got interested specifically in one-page style and indie RPGs. Right. I should stress, BioCore, very much not a one-page RPG. This is going to be a full system. It's going to be a full book with art and it's going to be great.
1: You did message me at about 2am one night. I think 2am your time. Uh, just, I want to make an
0: RPG. Yeah, I, I. about every other night I'll send you like a three, 2 3 am yeah. message being like, I want to make this. <laughs>
1: Uh, I think last week it was, let's make a Twine game. Yeah. And the week before that it was, let's do a short story collection.
0: Hey, I'm, um, I want to do all of these things.
1: Oh yeah, no, I do too. I'm completely on board for all of this.
0: For the last month, I've had various, like, green screens and things just sat in my Amazon cart.
1: Oh my god.
0: I'm very impulsive.
1: You, you told me you were getting a green screen and I almost had a panic attack on the spot.
0: Uh, <laughs> We were talking about role-playing games.
1: Right, yes.
0: Yeah, basically, I realised that a lot of them are shit. Yeah. No, don't get me wrong. There are some brilliant, beautiful, genuinely Goji, fantastic fun ones. Okay, you oh, can everyone is John. Time. That was the one.
1: Everyone is What is
0: that? That is, well, it's like a one-shot style system where you play as four different people in the same body. <laughs> and you all have your own, you all um, make bids and rolls to try and take control of the body and to complete your specific goal with your specific skills. And okay. you just choose what the skills are and you just choose what the goal is.
1: That's interesting. I was
0: playing that at uh, on a campground for some friends. And it was the first non-D&D game other than Paranoia that I'd run. Right, Paranoia is a whole different kettle of fish. And I realized, oh my God, yeah, this is about... What really appealed to me about that game was it was using as few rules as possible to make the most yeah. interesting stories possible, and to mm-hmm. me that is what TTRPG is. I say it all the time. It is an engine for generating stories. Yes, I, don't I agree. Care about war games? <laughs> I fiercely do not care if you are, you know, oh, I'm one or two squares too far away to use this special magic power. If it'd be really cool. God.
1: Nothing grinds a game to a halt faster for me than realizing there's some arbitrary part of the rule set that won't let me do the thing that would be really cool for me to do.
0: Exactly. I believe in, um, basically, I believe in using the least amount of rules you can to tell the the best story possible. Yeah. segueing nicely, that is where BioCor currently is, the literal least amount of rules possible. Currently, Candle, if I'm... Again, we've only recorded the one recording session so far, the first two episodes, but... Right, yeah. If I was to ask you to do something in buy car right now, what would I ask you to roll? A D12. Would That's I ask you movie. to add anything to that right now? Uh, no. <laughs> no, and I think we're having fun.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's great because yeah. all you really need is some kind of mechanism to make decisions for you in the mm. event that you need to add an element of chance. It's... And and like, again, I am no, not yet anyway, I'd like to get into it because like you said, I like to tell stories and I like to write and this is a great venue for that. But um, I, I, I think that one of the core elements of good RPG design is uh, a willingness to tell stories, you know, follow the golden rule of, of improv and, and play the game with the other people as opposed to, you know, trying to steal all of the glory for yourself, so to speak. Uh, and then you just need that element of chance, you know yeah. you, you can't play a game uh of like chess with yourself, for example, because well like as soon as you add like that element of chance, that element where where you don't know how this is going to shake out, that's the moment you have a game,
0: yeah, and also on the other side of that, I'm a big believer in not making the player's role if failure will be boring. We were talking about biocar again, and I keep sidetracking us but essentially yeah what it comes down to is the system that we are currently using and each time we record we will be using more rules essentially mm-hmm. or not more rules but the next iteration is right, yeah. Uh, yeah you don't have a skill list all you all the players currently have is their background their attitude which is a bit like an alignment but it's more about how you like to get things done and their starting mm-hmm. mods yeah and then we're just yep. feeling out from there but this is all going to build up
1: and I think that's a really interesting way to build a game because the best way to figure out which approach will work for different situations is to have players in a game and put them in different situations and see what tools you need to deal with those different, um, I don't want to say situations again, but.
0: Circumstantia.
1: Yeah, that's a
0: word, that's but it sounds good.
1: Definitely. Yeah, it sounds good. Um, yeah, but that the, that's the best way is to play through it and see what you need and what you need to add, what you need to take away, and the best way that you can streamline those rules to make them as simple as possible.
0: And that's what we're doing. We're just playing it mm-hmm. again and again, but with one continuous narrative. Right. Yeah. So actually, when we first met, I think the first time we ever talked, you were helping me play test a game that is in Storybox called yeah. In the Town, in the Valley, in the Day and the Night. Yes. And yeah, trust me, I know that I'm not very good at names.
1: No, actually, I really like that as as a name for, for an RPG because it's very evocative and it, it lends itself really well to a lot of different interpretations.
0: I think it lends itself particularly well to this game specifically because yeah. it's a game that doesn't have a resolution mechanic. So yeah. when Candle's talking about introducing dice or, you know, often it's cards or even just any kind of randomness jet being generated into the game. That's your resolution mechanic is what you roll or flip or do right. to do something in the game, to work out how something goes. Whereas in the town in the valley in the day and the night, well it's it's more of an improv exercise than a game. It is. And I think that's kind of the the extreme version of my game design philosophy. It's two people sat around a table describing what happens.
1: And I really, really liked that. I mean, I think there's something to be said that like that was our first real phone call. And I think that's part of the reason that we became friends is because we were like, okay, I'm having a lot of fun doing this particular exercise. And it's a really great way for two people to learn how to play off of each other and in in a game scenario.
0: To be honest, if I was ever to start teaching improv classes again, which I'd like to do, is I'd probably modify that into some kind of exercise for a group. Yeah,
1: definitely. 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 I I think it's a really good format and it's very strong and it was an absolute blast to have, like, again, you say there's no resolution mechanic, but it's very different to tell a story, like, even if it's just something as basic as sitting around a table describing what happens, it's very different to tell a story collaboratively with another person uh, than it is to sit down and write something out by yourself.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. and awesome. that, I think,
1: is its own sort of pseudo-resolution mechanic, because you can put something out there, but then that other player has to give something back, and you don't know what that's going to be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The other player is essentially your resolution mechanic. You're passing exactly. the same idea through two different filters back and forth. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Well, we are going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we will go into a bit more of the where's everything going side of the discussion. Sounds great. Okay, we will be back promptly. And welcome back. Hi. Yeah, we're jumping straight back into it. We're here. If you're wondering where you can hear all the absolute nonsense we were just chatting that is landing on the cutting room floor, Candle, can you think of anything where they can hear that?
1: Uh, I don't know, Jess. Possibly our shiny new minted Patreon.
0: It is a very shiny Patreon. <laughs> yes. Um, first things first, let's get the plug out of the way. Yeah. It's called patreon.com slash don't hurt birds All one word, no punctuation. I said after the exclamation mark in story box, I was never putting punctuation in the name of something again. And
1: then you used a contraction.
0: I did. And that was a <laughs> bad move. Yes, we have a Patreon now, and amongst other things that are going to end up there, there will be bloopers, and I think at least half of them are going to come from this episode, (laughs) because me and Candle are in a weird mood.
1: (laughs) Oh, I'm not in a weird mood, this is just how I am.
0: Fair, fair. Anyone, guests, regular um, co-hosts will say, like Candle people doing audio work or graphics work for the podcast or for anything else associated with Don't Hurt Birds get paid a fair rate for their time just because it's the right thing to do. <laughs> so if you would like to help us continue doing that and potentially even make more interesting things in the future, you can check out that page, patreon.com slash Hurtbirds, And yeah, join us there. We have two tiers. I don't know if I've actually told this, oh God, told this have... yet. One of them you get for £2 a month plus Patreon's fees, which I think takes it to about £2.60. And one for £5 a month, which we get, plus Patreon's fees. And I think that comes up to around £6.50. These are all in great British pounds. The first tier, the lower tier, £2 a month for us, is Friend. And the higher tier, £5 a month that gets us, is Enemy. Yes. So everything in the Friend tier is also included in the Enemy tier. The The Friend tier includes us being very very grateful yeah obviously naturally but you get the supporter game which is an idea i am really proud of and what that is is it starts off as a blank document that you can access but every time someone joins our patreon we add an extra rule so if say somewhere down the line we've got 25 patreons it'll be a tabletop role-playing game with 25 rules and the goal is for it to be completely playable throughout. Maybe not very interesting when there's only one rule, but from rule one to rule, however high we get, it will be consistently playable. That is stuff? the goal. Did I tell you about this one?
1: You did, like in passing, but I couldn't really wrap my head around it until now.
0: This was one of the ideas. I think I probably messaged you at 2am like, I'm going to do this. Yeah, I
1: think this, this was somewhere between let's make a twine game and what if we had lips for eyelids.
0: Eyelips. So both tiers get access to that, so you can get it from as low as £2 a month. And what that would also get you is early access to bonus one-page games built on this very podcast. Mm -hmm. Those games are going to be built with special guests in episodes that I'll tell you about in a little bit. Um, Everyone will get them for free, but if you join the Patreon, you will get them early And more stuff, probably, on the friend tier eventually. I'd like there to be, but you need to tell me what you want. The level up from that, the enemy tier, that's about £5 a month. It gets you everything from the friend tier. It also gets you early access to more like guidelines episodes. You get them a week in advance. You'll get bloopers, bonus content, and more as it becomes available. There will, of course, be more stuff in the future as people let us know what they'd like to be included. But what I am especially happy with is if you join the enemy tier... You have the option of being lovingly slandered and accused of wrongdoing on more like guidelines, and that is an option. you don't have to have that, but a lot of a lot of podcasts already thank their patrons
1: yeah so we can we can just insult you lovingly
0: They're definitely lovingly definitely loving also I'm gonna accuse you of like very minor crimes probably
1: stealing pasta
0: stealing pasta, yes. Maybe even I'll push it to jaywalking. Who knows? Oh, no. I don't even know if that's illegal in England, but I should.
1: But yeah, that's that's pretty cheap. Um, Be our friend or enemy for the low, low price of of six, five great British pounds, at least until they collapse under the weight of their own greatness.
0: We also, as you mentioned there, are going to be producing bonus one-page games in bonus episodes. It'll be me, Jess, with one of our other more like guidelines players. So, you know, Candle, Ben, Goji, or Jester. I really hope I didn't miss anyone.
1: No, you you didn't. You got the three other trans people and your brother.
0: <laughs> yeah, I did that. I started a podcast. It's four trans people and my brother, me included. <laughs> that, I did not realize I'd done that until episode one was already out. And yeah, fair enough. We travel in packs. Yep. Yes, bonus episodes with guests and one of us making a one-page game in an hour or as much of one as possible i
1: thought you said 90 minutes
0: i did but then i realized that that was a bit long for like an episode so instead it's going to be trying to make a one-page game in 60 minutes
1: making it easy so
0: we'll make as we'll make as much of that as possible with the guest i will then polish it and make it something that we can definitely release mm-hmm. but also i think it's just going to be a lot of fun talking to other people in the tabletop gaming world seeing what their approach is, what they look for in a game, and also what their approach is to making games. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, this is definitely one of the things I'm most excited about with the podcast.
0: It's going to be really hard, Candle. <laughs> what have I done? Yeah,
1: I mean, you've been pulling out all the stops with, with Don't Hurt Birds and messaging me about them at like all hours of the morning. And I've really enjoyed... Morning. No, I'm really enjoying all of it, and I am 100% on board for each and every piece.
0: Well, the reason I'm doing so many things at once is because if I just do one thing, then I'll burn out in about ten minutes. Yeah. But if I if I just have three different projects open at once and just rotate between them,
1: yeah, that ADHD life.
0: I'm undiagnosed. Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, um, if all goes well and you know I don't break anything or delete half an episode by accident, that's
1: never happened.
0: That, that's never happened. <laughs> If all goes well, you'll be hearing an episode of this in September with two very special guests, as well as me and my brother Ben, who has never made a tabletop role-playing game and I don't think had ever played one before Biocar, so that would be a lot of fun. He's
1: doing a good job. He really is.
0: He's not going to listen to this, so I can say here that I'm really proud of how he's doing. (laughs) Yeah, we all know Ben doesn't listen to the podcast. For the
1: record, uh, in Patreon speak, Ben is an enemy.
0: I'd say Ben's like an arch enemy.
1: Yeah.
0: Because he's on the show.
1: Ben is a nemesis.
0: No, I already have a nemesis and it's the sea. Oh, right. What are you? You're, um, I see you as my Gary Oak. What? what? Gary
1: Oak. Yeah. No? No. Oh, oh, just... rival. That's the thing.
0: Not just rival. I feel like you're the anti-hero of the story and I'm the narrator.
1: So there's really no protagonist here, is there?
0: There is no protagonist. <laughs> Jesus, Candle, this was meant to be an episode about a tabletop games, and I'm leaving most of this in.
1: <laughs> there is no protagonist, and there is no monster at the end of this book.
0: Speaking of, do you know what else there's no monsters in? Mm. Biocore.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, you know what else is not in BioCor, or won't be eventually, because I keep harping on this because I'm really excited about it?
0: What else won't be in Biocore? Hit points. Hit points! I hate them. Me
1: too! You mentioned something about wanting to include like locational damage or a wound system, and I am so excited for that because I have yet to play an RPG that has like a good wound or locational damage system, and that is the most, I think, realistic way to sustain damage in a game.
0: Okay, I'm gonna go through the checklist that I made for this episode. It's only five lines long, and we'll see if we've covered everything.
1: <laughs> or anything!
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah top of the checklist i had what is our experience with gt RPG systems what systems do we like we covered that
1: mostly yeah more or less
0: the oh the the second question is what we what do we like in a game which is part of the first question which is efficiency i'd say yeah
1: efficiency and uh the ability to make it do what you want or or i guess i guess the best way to phrase this would be rule of cool
0: Yeah. Also, I really like games that are really good at telling one particular kind of story. If you try and tell every kind of story, then I've never really seen a system that's Yeah, you know what?
1: I think that might be the weakness in what my approach has been to, to game design. Again, like I'm very new to game design, but I've always thought of of like an RPG system as being a tool to tell any kind of story you want. But your approach makes a lot more sense. Like come up with uh, a system for a specific type of story it's a specific genre a specific narrative arc because then you are able to streamline and specialize it a lot more in the direction that would make it a good that kind of story
0: that story box yep <laughs> no yeah i i find it really does work for me though and i think because you're coming at this from a writing perspective yeah. It would also work better, probably for you.
1: Well, now now I'm having my own sort of 2 a.m. thought, which is imagine a horror uh, RPG system, a la biocore, except not Call of Cthulhu.
0: <laughs> oh. Horror is the obviously there's a lot of things that I can't write well, but horror has always been the one that's really been difficult for me. I didn't So I would like to see you do this. I
1: didn't used to write horror, I wrote fantasy. And then I started writing dark fantasy. And then about, I don't know, six months ago, I went fuck it and started writing horror. And um, I think I'm really good at it. (laughs) I I mean, I I have a lot more fun with it than I have with writing fantasy in quite a long time. So I think dark fantasy horror (laughs) might be my sweet spot. I also really like the idea of like, um, because I've I've never been as much of a tabletop gamer until now until very recently um i've always been a video gamer and like the way that i kind of viewed rpgs was how do you take the best parts of a video game and put them into a tabletop setting because the one thing oh and i didn't mention this earlier because i didn't think of it until now but i think what enchanted me as a kid about dungeons and dragons specifically is that i could just do anything like
0: no invisible walls exactly
1: no invisible walls no um no mechanic no mechanical uh uh limitations um i could say like that's that's why i annoyed the shit out of my first dm who was like you know a specky 15 year old um is because like i was like this 9 year old kid and i realized you mean I can just climb the wall here and I can go in the window and I can rob this stranger? <laughs> and I just started doing yeah. all sorts of crazy shit and I loved that. That was absolutely enchanting to me and you can't do that in a video game. So I think that's been like sort of the defining thing of, of what makes RPGs special to me is, is the concept that you can do whatever you can think of that's within your power.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. And that's part of why I'm trying to, well, that's part of when I run games in general. And I think it's starting to come through in Biocar, not fully yet, but is I really like to share control with the players in a way. Mm-hmm. So I I have, you know, I've got a document called Big Plot <laughs> in my Biocar actual play file. But the phrase that I probably use most when playing a game, especially a dungeon crawl, is there is now. So if a player asks me, you know, oh, in the banquet hall, is there a chandelier? And there is now. (laughs) Are they carrying something made of steel so I can use some magnet shit? Yeah, sure. That sounds cool. Yes.
1: And yes. And
0: yeah. Again, I'm coming to this from a years and years of improv comedy point of view. I'm
1: not. (laughs)
0: No, but you act like Thanks. it. Thanks. I'm really annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> I had I had to be bad at 1st <laughs> you We've just walked in here. Oh. No, Candle, no, it's a genuine pleasure to work oh, with you. Oh, it
1: is it is with you too, Jess. You've you've made quarantine bearable.
0: We've talked about bonus episode plans. Uh other thing I'll add on to that is that we do have ideas for playing one-shots or doing other things, yeah. just to kind of break it up a bit as we go. And yeah, if you have anything you'd like to see us do. Let us know. I think we should play Jackbox with the Patreons.
1: Oh, that would be Patreons. fun.
0: That would be sick, yeah. yeah. I'm leaving this in the episode, so then they can hassle <laughs> me to make it happen. And we've been over, we have not at all covered what I was like, the episode was meant to be about, which is where BioCore is now and where it's going. But, let's just double check. Yes, we are recording overtime, although there are a lot of bloopers. Yeah, don't worry about it. Is there anything else that you'd like to cover, Candle?
1: Uh, no, actually. I mean, I, I... I don't know how to answer a question like that, because my approach to these recording sessions is sit down and vibe.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's that's kind of mine today as well. Because I'm not actively running a game today or making a game. And also, I thought it was Thursday today. My brain is just off, and it's great.
1: Yeah, it's really nice. I mean, I have this week off uh, because I'm Hmm. furloughed, but like I'm fine with it because I'm getting to just... Uh, sit on the couch, vegetate, play video games, and do nothing else. I've eaten, nice. I've eaten far too much ice cream this week. The pumpkin spice latte came out on Tuesday, so I've been doing a lot of that. Um, yeah, that's 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 been my week. But yeah, no, um, I, I think... I've
0: been busy. <laughs> I've been fiercely busy. <laughs> I'm
1: sorry, I'm rubbing it in your face a little bit.
0: No, no, it's fine. Um, I, I, I prefer to be busy. That's what I... That's why I work 7 days a week.
1: I I'm I'm what you might call synthetically busy. Like I I'm I make shit up for myself to do. I'm like, "Okay, I have to get to this level in the video game or I will die in real life."
0: No, I'm 100% yeah. there. Yeah. I just have No, I'm not going into this. We're still recording a podcast. I haven't
1: done any cool. writing this week and I've been like slowly throttling myself like i'm playing a game of hangman because i each hour i go without writing is another hour that i get to shame myself for not writing
0: sorry i got really into the idea there of using hangman as a resolution mechanic somehow <laughs> and i'm just gonna end the podcast before i get too no, far no, no, into no, this i actually really off. like
1: that we should talk about that but maybe another
0: if anyone makes it this far thank you so much for listening uh links to candles horror epistolology series did i get it right uh the carving bones are in the episode description along with our twitter accounts and the link to the patreon please check it out we really want to continue doing this do. into the future Um uh, well i've said on our very first patreon goal that if we meet our first patreon goal this stops being a terrible financial decision for me to have made and just starts becoming a bit of an irresponsible one.
1: Oh god jess
0: there is no fun playing it safe when there is nothing at risk but my career
1: oh my god, god.
0: i can't put that in the podcast
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: all right i'm out of words i've been mean, I, I i remain jessica crimes <laughs> yes you
1: do uh i'm candle